Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. get into the word today i want to share a word about how there's another side to jesus and uh, we're going to look at two or three different scriptures today we'll start in john in a few moments here john chapter 15 but have you ever and i'm sure you have you've had one of those moments where you've gone somewhere whether it's downtown somewhere or you know maybe you're watching something on tv and it's one of these must-see moments you know, it's like you don't want to miss it. You have to see it. You know, if you're walk- watching America's Got, uh, America's Got Talent, which, you know, we, we've watched every uh, summer. Uh, we got a few episodes to catch up as I'm looking at my family. But, but you're watching all of these crazy things that happen, and you can't look away. Like, you want to watch it. You, you know, there's something about it that get, you just get totally drawn into it for, you know, for some reason, whether it's, you know, I remember years ago being in New York City and walking along the street and someone would be there with, you know, a canvas and then they would take spray paint. In fact, I, I think I've seen Laura Bronson doing this out of the park, you know, with YFC and, and shout out to Laura Bronson, one of the, 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 the best YFC workers, no offense, Marcel, but he knows what I'm talking about. Uh, but man, she's an incredible ambassador for Jesus and, and a good friend. And so, you know, where they take the spray paint, all of a sudden, by the time they're done with spray paint and the, the top of a lid of a, of a paint can, I think is what they use, they make this landscape and it's pretty cool. Or maybe you're walking by some street performer and you see them do something crazy. And everyone's got their reasons why, you know, they, they want to see it. You know, everyone's got, a, you know, some people just want to see it because they, they're just amazed and they're in awe. Or maybe someone will stop by and it, maybe they're, they're learning that, that skill or, you know, they want to be like that person. And so they stop and, they, and they're looking and, and their mind isn't so much on the awe as in the detail. Like, how are they doing that and why are they doing it that way? And, and oh, maybe I should try that. You know, it's, 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 it's learning. It's educating. And, and no matter what it is, there's always a reason why people are drawn to see, you know, must-see moments. And Jesus' ministry was no different. Jesus drew, in his three years of ministry, he drew ridiculous amounts of people, crowds that would follow him, even to the point where there were times where Jesus was so exhausted by the crowds, they would often just, the Bible would talk about him going away, even away from the disciples, just to get away, you know, solitary, just praying and just resting. And, and then there were times where the word would reach on the other side of the lake and he would cross the lake and the crowd would already be there and they all had their reasons. Some of them, it's, it's I want to see the miracles. I just can't get over the miracles. I, you know, the idea, I mean, again, we, we shared this a few weeks ago, but again, you know, can you imagine what it was like to see, you know, him turn, you know, two, you know, uh, some loaves of bread and some fish into like 12 baskets or healing people that are blind, like blind Bartimaeus, and everybody knew blind Bartimaeus for his reputation. He was he was born blind. He was blind, and people knew it. That was his, that's who he was. He was blind Bartimaeus. That was his name. And now all of a sudden, he's recovering in sight. And I'm sure there was a group of people that were, you know, like, you know, they're just traveling just to see the miracles of Jesus. Maybe they're, maybe they're selling T-shirts on the side. I don't know. But whatever they're doing, they're, they're, they're following to see what's going on. 
I'm sure there were some that wanted to follow because they wanted to learn from Jesus. You know, he was a, 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 a even, even the religious leaders that, that weren't in favor of Jesus recognized that, that he taught with one with authority. There was something about the teaching of Jesus. We understand that on this side, but can you imagine in the moment this, this teacher comes along and he starts speaking things into your heart and your life that you've never really heard before? And so I'm sure there were people that followed Jesus because they just wanted to, they just wanted to, to learn. And we know, unfortunately, there were some that, that their reason for following Jesus was they're looking for him to mess up. All the religious leaders were following and they, and they wanted those moments, those moments where they would ask a question, try to trip Jesus up and, 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 and try to catch him in like a, a false teaching so that they can bring charges against him. And there were some that just wanted Jesus to fail. The reality is there was always a crowd though. A crowd that were, no matter what was there and followed him and they just wanted something from him. I just want something from him. And the moment that Jesus couldn't give what they wanted, the crowds disappeared. The moments that, that things got tough, even for those who were following Jesus because they like his teaching, and the moment, the tougher it got, you notice that slowly, you know, all, even the close ones, that, you know, with the exclusion of his, his disciples, but even that, there was a group of them that were following, and there was a, a tense moment, and all of a sudden, a bunch of them left, and it was just him and the disciples, and he looked at them and said, do you want to leave too? And sometimes I feel like, and, 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 and can I say this with, with absolute grace and love and hear my heart today, you know, sometimes I think, you know, we, we, we really do approach Jesus sometimes with a bit of a consumer mentality because it's no different than today. How many of us find ourselves seeking out Jesus only when there's crisis or only when there's chaos inside of our lives? When things are calm, everything's good, you know, yeah, I'll get to my devotions. And we kind of we put it off. And, and don't get me wrong, listen to me. Jesus is so gracious and so loving. Regardless of your reason for coming to him, he always welcomes you. He always invites you. That never changes. That never stops. He's glad that you're coming to him in the crisis. He's glad that you're turning him to him in the midst of that chaos. That's good. But you know, the real heart of Jesus was, was to see a shift from our consumer mentality, because we can be like that. It's like I'll go to a certain store, but the moment I can't get what I want, I'll go somewhere else. You know, one of the stores, and of course, you know, it's an unfortunate part of COVID, but one of the stores that I was shopping at to get stuff for, you know, working out in the mornings, you know, they've, it looks like they've shifted everything to online. And so I popped into another one and I, and I saw the price and I was like, man, this is crazy, man. This is, this is more than I paid before. And, you know, and here's Cora on the phone and she's checking Amazon and, and we, it's like $15 more or less. And so what do we do? We're consumers. We go where we can get it. There's nothing wrong with that except I think the heart of Jesus is that we would see in our prayer times, even in our moments here today as we gather on a Sunday or we gather on a Wednesday night, which by the way, I just want to put a, a real plug on that for the next, uh, at least until the end of September, we're going to be outside every Wednesday, seven to eight. And I'm telling you, this week was powerful. Oh, I loved it so much. And one of those Wednesdays, uh, we're actually going to do a live stream 
of, our, of worship along with prayer. And so myself and Hillary and JJ and maybe some others are going to be there and we're going to record it. We're going to put it, not record it, we're going to put it live stream on Facebook. I think it's the 23rd, I think is what we're aiming for, September 23rd. And, uh, but we still want people to be here. You don't have to worry, you're not going to be on camera. But we want to pray and we want to cry out to God. Because I have this feeling, and you heard my heart a few weeks ago, that I just, I've heard this word encounter inside my spirit. I can't shake it. Because I think there's another side to Jesus that, that if we really, listen, if we really want to see, I think God wants to shift us from, from consumer to connected. And the more we are connected, the more we're able to face the crisis and the chaos with greater confidence and with greater strength and greater understanding because we've been in the presence of Jesus. And not just in the presence of Jesus. Here's the other side, because like I said to you, I don't want to be, I want to be really clear. I don't, want to, I don't want someone to say, well, I'm not going to come to Jesus because if I'm only coming to him during chaos or crisis, then that's not really you know, genuine and, and, and Jesus is not happy with that. The opposite. He wants you to come in crisis and chaos, but he also wants you to come to be deeply connected. He wants you to see his heart. He wants us to be drawn to him every single day, every moment of the day, as much as it is in the crisis and the chaos, and we all do it. It makes sense. He wants us to come in the midst of the calm, too, because a lot of times in the calm is where we get our best understanding. In the calm is sometimes the place where we begin to really see deeper revelation because we don't have all of these other things that are, you know, on our mind and on our heart, the crisis and the chaos, you know, that's not distracting us. In the calm, we have the ability to perceive things that we didn't see because of the storm that was going on. And there's an intimacy that Jesus wants us to have by his spirit that I believe he's calling his church. And that's why, like I said, over the next few weeks, I have no idea where God's leading with this, but I just know we're going to talk about different encounters. And I believe that what Jesus wants, that as we draw close to him every single day, no reason just to meet with him, we begin to discover his heart. His heart is this. He wants you to know that when you come, you are his friend. That changes the relationship a little bit. John chapter 15, verse 15, which I mentioned earlier to you. Jesus said this, he said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what the master's business is. Instead, I have called you friends. I mean, as a worship leader, instantly I think about the, you know, the song, I'm a friend of God. I won't sing it to you and I won't put you through that, but I'm just saying. In fact, that was one of the significant things that he taught Moses in his encounter. When, when there were some that got upset with the fact that God drew close to Moses in the tabernacle, his response was, but I know Moses as a friend. And then Jesus picks up on that very thought. And he's looking at his disciples and he's like, I've called you my friends. That word means loved. That word means dear to his heart. That word means friendly. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. 
there's this desire of Jesus that, that when we come into his presence, we would discover that he's not just this deity, he's not this, this sovereign God that just executes things, but he knows your heart, he knows your mind, he knows what he wants to pour into you, and everything that the Father was revealing to Jesus, he was pouring back into, and he, so, so he's like, I don't want you to see it just as servanthood, I want you to see it as you're my friend, I want to share with you what's going on. Think about that relationship for a moment, we all have friends and there are certain things that we share with our friends. Man, for me, every once in a while, I'll come across something funny and I'll instantly just shoot off this you know, group text to some of the guys that I'm, you know, I'm friends with because I want to have a good laugh or something special happens to you. What do you want to do? You want to tell your friends. You're not walking down the street going into Walmart going, hey, can I just find some random person to tell you something really cool that happened to me? No, you're looking for your friend. But it goes deeper than that. Paul discovered that it's more than just a friend. Romans chapter 8 verse 15, he said this, When you come to Christ, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Slave. But he said you have received the spirit of sonship. And by him, by that spirit, we are able to cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. You know the term Abba is, is it's literally daddy, daddy is what it is. Father, father. It's, it's something, it was a word that was formed out of, it's the idea of coming out of the lips of an, of an infant, this idea of absolute, I love this word, unreasoning trust. The spirit that, that, that Christ has placed inside of us should lead us to a point when we look at when we look at our time with the Lord that I can, with unreasoning trust, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but I still trust you in the midst of that. You're my family. This is my father. This is my dad. This is my family. And you know what's interesting as Sydney comes back is that this word slave, or this, sorry, this phrase in the Aramaic was a term that was not allowed to be used by any slave when speaking to the head of a family. And so when Paul, when, when Paul says this, he's instantly breaking down a barrier. Instantly breaking down a wall. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes... Sometimes I can feel that wall. Sometimes I can feel that something in, in between. And, and do you, have you ever had, I just think about this now, have you ever had a moment where you've come to Jesus in the midst of cri crisis or chaos and have said this, hey Jesus, I know I don't deserve it. Anybody ever, don't, don't raise a hand. Anybody ever have that moment? Oh, you know what, Lord, I haven't, haven't really come to you in a long time. Or, you know, Lord, I know, I know what my week has been like, and man, I don't deserve this, but God, I'm, I'm going through something, and I need your help, and I need you to walk me through this. God, I need you to answer. God, I need a miracle in this moment. And you feel like you're on the outside a little bit, and, 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 
and, and sheepishly you, you begin to just kind of approach God with this, you know, this, this, this demeanor that just says, God, I know I don't deserve to be in your presence, but, but, but please hear my heart. And, and, it's, and can I just tell you, part of that is because we don't understand the nature of the relationship that we have with God. And part of it is because we haven't discovered the truth of that relationship yet. Because we haven't gone deep enough yet, if I'm being honest. Because the more you understand, the more you are in the presence of God, you won't have fear. You won't have that sense. You, you'll understand the gravity of, of the grace of God in that moment, but without any hesitation. Man, you're going after the presence of God. Why? Because I know that he calls me a friend. I know that he says that I'm part of his family and he has placed within me a spirit that enables me to say, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy, here's the relationship. I'm not a slave to fear, but I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. And I know I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. This is what he came to discover in that season, in that time, in that relationship with the Lord. He said, what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. That's not just knowledge, that's intimacy. For Jesus, my Lord, who's, for whose sake I have lost all things, and it doesn't matter. This is what he's saying, basically. It doesn't matter, because I consider them rubbish anyways, that I might gain him. Wow. And so I throw out this question, because in John chapter 10, when Mary and Martha were with, with Jesus... Martha got upset because Mary decided to sit at the feet of Jesus. And his response to Martha wasn't that what she was doing is not important, but what he said to her was, I can't knock Mary for doing what she's doing because what she's doing is better. And sometimes in church life, sometimes we do things out of obligation. Sometimes we do things because we're supposed to. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we approach God where we're just in the midst of crisis. He welcomes that. But my question to you is, have you discovered how deep that relationship goes? Because I'm going to tell you, the confidence that you and I need, and I throw myself in this spot today. There are many times, even this week, facing something and I'm crying out to God. And I remember sitting outside. Actually, I think I was walking into the gym. And I was like, Jesus, I know I should know better. I know that I shouldn't lack confidence in this moment. I'm a child of God. And it doesn't mean I won't go through trials. And it doesn't mean I won't go through struggles. But it does mean that I don't need to fear. It, doesn't, it does mean that I don't need to, to have any sense of anxiety and worry over this. You're going to work this out. So as I'm walking into the gym, I probably look like a complete idiot, but it didn't matter. It's 6.30 in the morning anyway, so I look like an idiot going to the gym at 6.30 in the morning anyways. 
Some of you are going, gym's open at 6.30 in the morning? Are you kidding me? And I'm walking in, and I'm like, you know what, God? I just choose right now to believe. It's probably, you know, muffled, because at that point, I'm probably putting on my mask. So it's more like, that kind of a thing, you know? Sorry, I had to have some fun with it. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, God, I don't need to fear in this moment. Hey, Dad, you know I have a situation in front of me that I cannot control. But you know how it's impacting my family, and I need you to intervene. I need you to walk into my circumstance. I need you to walk into my situation. I need you to walk inside that room, and I need you to declare with your voice. It's finished. It's done. Here's what needs to happen. How many right now are watching online and here in this room? In fact, I'm going to ask everyone room outside. Everybody stand with me right now. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to lift a hand towards heaven. Come on, everyone stand all over this place. And I want you to take 15 seconds and I want you to call on your friends. I want you to call on your father and I want you to pray for that issue and that circumstance right now with absolute confidence. But I also want you to pray, God, may I chase after you in the calm as much as I chase after you in the crisis. Go ahead, 15 seconds. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.